Hello and welcome to the Michael T. Justice Podcast. Thanks for listening, and if you would like to respond to any of the things you hear, please hit me up here on Anchor, or at Twitter, at Michael T. Justice, or Facebook, Michael T. Justice. Alright, this is uh, Thursday evening and I just got done delivering another couple thousand papers after delivering a thousand papers this morning, after delivering a thousand papers yesterday and a thousand papers the day before that. So we're somewhere around 10,000 papers a week and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it because I've been doing it for 25 years and I've been doing it for 25 years. When I became... When I first got involved in the newspaper industry, I began, and I genuinely felt this, and I I think I still do feel it, I felt proud to be a part of the fabric of America, right? Like an informed public is critical. That's what I was talking about in my last episode, right? About the informed public being just, just, we the people are so critical. And the only way that we the people can matter is if we are aware. So I was talking earlier also about communication. You know, just the need to connect with one another, to share ideas with one another, and to know, you know, to build on that. And um, so I have always sold myself on the idea that I was part of, you know, the what they call the fourth estate, the the again, that that informing the public. Um, As I progressed in my career uh, at the local newspaper, the daily newspaper, I uh, became involved in the diversity initiatives uh, that they had and spent a lot of time talking with people in our company uh, in different jobs and different departments and trying to get people from around the company to come together and we kind of did a random people from the different departments so you end up with a group of 15 or 20 people I can't remember the total numbers that we did it's been, oh boy, it's been 20 years ago uh, but but we'd get these groups of folks together and then we would go over, you know, we would talk about diversity and whatnot, and I felt like that was a valuable thing um, but the paper retreated from that mission from that deal whatever because frankly it wasn't their interests it wasn't what they wanted to do it came about because people people were talking about diversity a lot and everything but it was driven by people within that company and I knew a lot of them uh, and that's why I was in on the first round of trainers uh, because it was driven by people who were outside who were not white males 
wanting to appreciate and embrace the diversity in that company in, in the company right in within the Kansas City Star now the problem is that because that wasn't a now this is my opinion I mean I don't know how strongly the publisher and the management felt about it but to a certain extent it is clear to me that they were it fell to the wayside it was something that they you know were pretty serious about or seemed to be pretty serious about we had all these different um, meetings with all the employees to talk about and that is to be fair that's like planting a seed right you're what you're doing in that sense or in that instance is planting a seed within the with the uh within the company's population and saying hey diversity is something that's important to us as a community or as a company and here's how diversity is here in this company there are people of different backgrounds and genders and sexualities and and all of these different things that that are here within the company so let's be aware and be respectful and that was kind of where it was now as i recall it was pretty clear that the mandate was not to achieve some sort of diversity <laughs> but rather to acknowledge and embrace the diversity that was within. And so there wasn't like, at least I didn't feel that that was the case and it didn't seem like that's how it worked out before it all ended. And I say ended because the paper's still there, but they pretty much gotten rid of all the employees. And it's, <coughs> excuse me, it's, um, it's largely contractors in every place i mean i run into people from time to time from the star and uh they're always like oh yeah i'm gone and nobody i know is still there and so you know you just as an institution that just kind of dissolved or whatever i mean it, it's still there but it's a whole nother animal um now From there, I went to a an alternative weekly paper uh, that was much more diverse in its representation of its reporting, sort of. Um, and I'm I'm kind of measuring my words here because. I don't hold the grudge towards any of the people that were there. Uh, in fact, man, I'm kind of antsy saying this here and I'm running out of time because I got myself a little bit of a time window here. So I'm going to hurry up and say it because if I don't, I'll be afraid and I'm chicken out. So I don't want to like blacklist these people because I fully intend to contact People within both of those organizations to achieve what neither of those organizations could really achieve, which is 
a diverse publication, diverse in its employees, diverse in its coverage, divorce, di diverse in its representation at all levels. Um, again, I'm not holding it against, the, especially like that alternative weekly was just a little bitty organization at that point. And there just was not a whole lot of diversity in the employee ranks. And, um, yeah, that just, it is what it is, you know, again, they were trying to do what they were trying to do. I mean, they were representing the best they could, I think, but whew, the movie came out. I haven't seen it. I'm not even sure if it's, I like Mahershala Ali. I think he's a great actor, so I will probably see the movie for that purpose. I also like Viggo Morganson, but the book, the movie, it's called. Hey, thanks again for checking me out, and hit me up on Facebook, Michael T. Justice, Twitter, Michael T. Justice, and of course here at Anchor. FM, you can leave a voice message, and uh, I would love for any responses and um, requests. So, anyway, the movie The Green Book, the title refers to uh, something called the Green Book that um, I, I have a little bit of knowledge of this like from a few years back when I first heard of it about probably, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. It was basically a little like Atlas almost. or It, it was a guidebook. It was like a phone book, right? Like here are the places where you can go and be treated with respect. Right or at least be treated <laughs> where your money's good. It was a book that would like list out. Don't go to Joe's or you know it would basically say go to go to Bill's hotel. Those people will not make you walk through the back door and not let you. You know what I mean? It, it, it basically was a directory of the places that were open to or friendly uh, to black people so it was a book for black people to kind of know how to navigate the uh, apartheid south uh, and I don't know it may have even been more uh, more comprehensive to include the north because uh, if you take any time to look for a while, you will find that the problems of racism go beyond um, the South, well beyond the South, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, it's the whole wide world. So it's all got to be dealt with on some level. Um, but anyway, the Green Book. So, I, I don't know what to call it, but what I want to do 
this is the part where I'm like, I want to declare so that I have it in my, it's in the universe, right? I want to create, because I was part of the publishing industry for the last 25 years or so, um, I, I want to, now that I'm podcasting, go back and interview some of the people so that I can understand what it takes to run to run a magazine I mean can I distribute an electronic magazine can I do that can I create a magazine a website a channel a a space for diversity right like first the mechanics of it all right like I've got a filmmaker that has agreed uh, within the last six months or so uh, agreed to interview if I ever do a podcast or whatever and um, I've got some folks I've got a lot of folks in my head that I just need to get this out of here out of my head and onto you know well here it is onto the universe Um, but to to be able to establish a, a space for uh, what a spotlight on diversity so not like like first off editorially i i all of the papers that I've been involved with, you know, they come from the people who make them, right? I mean, and there's the attempts, but it's just, that's why diversity is important within the ranks uh, for it to be a real thing, right? Uh, but what I would like to do, I think, is um, like through LinkedIn and, and uh, that kind of stuff, find and word of mouth, talking to people, you know. But find the companies in this town that are diverse and are working, you know what I mean? Where people are getting along together and just kind of, I don't know, where it's happening. And I'm sure that, you know, you could easily see that being (laughs) always a point of uh, uh, opinion, right? It's a a matter of opinion. I mean, I put out the call and say, hey, you know, diverse workforce. And I get a call from somebody saying, hey, you ought to really check us out. We're diverse. And you get there and they, they think it's diverse because... They got a black janitor, you know what I mean? It's it's a matter of, of uh, establishing. And that's why I, I kind of thought about the Green Book thing. It's like just, okay, this is what exists in the world today. And here's what you can find. And then just kind of do profiles on those folks. But as a larger and more... Or not larger, but as as that as part of a 
business diversity. You see, I, I don't want to just have like, this is diversity, Kansas City. And just like, that's all you talk about is like the same five or six companies that are doing whatever or what. Not, I'm sure it's more than that. But where you can, because like what I would like to do, right, is interview and talk to people who are starting a business, interview and talk to people who've got businesses running at various stages and not just, like I said, not just diversity, but to talk to them about the journey, you know, the whole entrepreneurial journey and all of that jazz. But the diversity is in who you cover, right? Like you don't just go and talk to some guy who's starting a tech startup over here and whatnot. But the guy who who is trying to put together his own cleaning company, the guy who's trying to put together, you know, whatever businesses that are out there because I think when you put the word out and you just start to establish the place the space then you know if you build it they will come it's kind of my thought uh but yeah the idea is for me to begin by interviewing like a couple of the former well the former publisher of one magazine of one of the places where I worked from some of the reporters and uh, one of the people that was vice president I mean there there are people out there that um, that I can learn okay what is it that you need mechanically to run a publication and then factor in the fact that I don't have to do with the press and the cost of paper and ad line ratio or you know the ads because when you're putting together a newspaper I don't know if people know this or not you know um, I take it for granted but but when you put together a newspaper it is largely driven by the ads right so how many ads did you sell now we'll cut the stories around those ads and that determines the size of the paper, right? Like, you know, what is the paper could, and it often does now because advertising is drying up, could fit in a little bitty three or four inch wide bag. And you just roll it up or fold it fit in that little bag and I remember needing six inch bags just about every day of the week because when you rolled that paper up it was there was heft to it because there was a lot of advertising stuff now that advertising is elsewhere and that's that's fine but my idea my thought is that if I don't have, if my content is not limited by the size of the ads, then I can just put the content that I want out, and if you build it, they will come, and let the money kind of come somewhere. I'm not even sure where to make money, 
because I'm not trying to just be like, hey, I'll interview you about your company and whatnot, and uh, you know, you pay me. I I want to be like, here's a free commercial for you, right? It's it's, it's just a profile of you and yours and what you're doing, and then start to establish that as a place where you can go and you will learn about what's going on in the city and there will be some focus on places that are uh, doing the diversity thing. There will be some focus on people that are starting a business, people that have been running a business for a little while, people who have been like the second and third generation of a family business or a corporation even, but just to be able to discuss how it goes down to provide that information to folks so they can learn how to because I think one of the problems that you have and this is something that I've observed over the years this situation where and I don't even know how to say this like where this, because this is one of the things that kind of comes out in that that diversity training is that like people have different styles and ways of being. You know what I mean? Like, but then when you're faced with that, like, how do I want to say? Like, okay, here's kind of an example. I don't even know, but like Nisi Nash is a black woman. She's an actress. She's done a bunch of different shows. And she has this persona that she does that I have known a lot of black women like that. So I don't consider her to be faking. She's just, she's doing, she's acting. She's doing this, you know, this real slice of people. And this is just kind of an example of like the kind of thing where people like she's had a bunch of number one shows and stuff and people obviously like her work it's not all black people watching her people are watching her and going like wow well, I like her but then when that person comes to work with you you know, accept that that's who that person is. I don't know if I'm explaining that right. Like, you know, people are like, well, I don't know if I want somebody in my, you know, in my space like that. And it's like, what what you have to do is consider, and this is where I think, you know, embracing diversity becomes the, catchword that was used or whatever is like do you like what is quote unquote professional you know what I mean like some of the things that we call quote unquote professional are just kind of the way white people are (laughs) you know what I mean it's like okay because you're more reserved or because you don't are less expressive in this way or that way that I don't know if that's coming clear to you, but what I mean, but you know, it's like when that person shows up at your job, that doesn't 
you don't have to fit that person into another way of being adapt and deal with it and it's not even a racial thing always I was talking with my son he's having problems at his job and they may be racial I don't know I mean I'm not there but you know he has expressed several times he feels like the place where he works all these people that have been there forever and they're all older and everything and there's just a couple of them that, that like him and somebody else who's in their 20s and he said he feels like they're always giving him grief because they're talking to each other or whatever meanwhile they're talking to one another it's just you know here's some young people talking about different stuff I don't know uh And it becomes just that issue of like, okay, so how do you accept people as they are? Um, and what is professional? You know, I mean, we live in a much more expressive environment these days. So I, it seems to me like people are, or should be willing to accept people as they are. I mean, this comes down to like things like people wearing braids and dreads. Hell, this is gonna come up down the road because I've been noticing, like when my oldest son was in middle school or grade school, there were, I remember one little girl that had like, she'd always have like blue or green. She always have some different colors in her hair. like dyed in her hair and it's like okay she's just being expressive and I remember having like a gut issue the first time I saw it I was like how you let your child come out the house like that and I, you know is it dawned on me that what the hell difference does it make if that child has a different kind of hair or whatever and I've noticed just last night I was at a concert for my son and I noticed again uh, my youngest son now having a concert it's the same age frame that I remember this little girl with the blue hair well now I'm looking around and I see boys with blue and green hair and different other expressive traits or whatever that people have that make me go like okay you know what what is going to be quote unquote professional in the coming years and we just got to grab hold of it and accept things and uh, move forward now I'm just kind of rambling so I'll stop here and come on back to it um, I have gotten some messages so I will try and get those posted uh, and responded to um, here in the next uh, day alright Michael T. Justice out for now